This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Hello everyone and welcome to Tian Tehillim. It's my pleasure to be with you here today, the week before Rosh Hashanah, to give over some very practical and meaningful and inspiring, hopefully, words that will hopefully help us come into the Yom Norayim in a much better state than we are now. Not that we're not in a good state, but we wanna we wanna see if we where we could improve. That's why we're all here. Okay, so I want to thank our anonymous sponsor for this class today, who sponsored this class as gratitude, Hoda Tashem for all the gifts that he has and the chasadim that he's been giving them, and as a continued tefillah that her and her family should have. A year full of mazel and bracha and simcha and health and naches and everything that they want and need. Okay, so here we go. Uh, this sponsor of this class actually requested this parak, and this came to me, you know, this past week. And I said, hey, you know, like I really wanted to give a class on Elul. What does parak Pedalid have to do with Elul? Like I-, I didn't know. I didn't look inside yet to the parak. But of course, I look inside, nothing is a coincidence, and I'm pleasantly surprised to see that this parak actually very much mirrors the avoda of Elul. It very much is the same type of theme that we see in the parak of Ledavid Hashem Ori that we say every single day, twice a day in the month of Elul. And that theme that we say, that we talk about every day in Elul is Achas Sha'alti Me'ez Hashem. David HaMalach says, there's only one thing that I want from Hashem, Osa vacation. That's what I'm requesting. And what is that? Shifti beves Hashem kal chayai. I want to sit in the house of Hashem my whole life. I want to live with Him. I want to have an intimate, strong connection with Him as if I'm living with Him in His house. And this parak, parak peydalid, very much reflects this same idea. And it talks about, this parak talks about the exiled Jew who is expressing his deep yearning for the Beis HaMikdash, for the Geula, for closeness with Hashem. And this is all, this is what El is all about, the Ani Dodi Vidodi Li. This is when we're supposed to be building that beloved connection with Hashem. It's called the Yimei Ratzon, the days that were wanted, that were extra special wanted. So let's talk about this. That's going to be the theme of our class today as well. Right? People talk about this all the time, connecting with Hashem building a strong connection, even when they talk about emunah and bitachon, right? They, we, we talk about these things in a little bit of a, a lofty way. And I want to know, and I want to, you know, discuss here, and I want to bring really, I want to really bring this down. What exactly do we need to do in human terms to make this connection happen? So recently I had a client a couple months ago, who was looking to make friends. She wanted to know how to make friends. Now, a lot of us take this for granted. If, if we're good at making friends, we don't think about what is the formula of how do I make friends. But for people who have a harder time in this area, they're a little more introverted or whatever it is, they need a formula. So I got some books on the matter, and I wanted to really research. I was fascinated by lo- I love the topic of friends. I was fascinated by it, and I wanted to help her in the best way. So I did some research on the matter, and I read a book on the topic of how to make friends. And, you know, what did I discover? 
Okay, so the main topic of the book, the main point of the book, at the end of the day, after all, you know, when you're reading and reading and reading and you're thinking they could have said all this in two sentences? Yeah. So here's the two sentences that you missed out on, okay? Um, the, the three pillars, the three main pillars in the formula of building friendships are consistency, vulnerability, and positivity. So consistency means that, you know, if you want to have a friend, you can't just hang out with her once every four years. You got to keep it going, right? You got to call her up. Let's go. Let's hang out. Let's schmooze, whatever it is. Then we have vulnerability, right? Being being able to be okay expressing your lack, what you're missing in your life, what you wish you had to your friends. And also, right, and not just having like this um, facade of perfection. That's an important one. I think we could do a whole class just on that. And then we have positivity, that when you're together, it should be an enjoyable experience, right? You could be consistent and you could be vulnerable, but it could be icky to be around each other because everyone's in a bad mood or we're talking about negative things, right? So we need positivity too. So consistency, vulner- consistency, vulnerability, and positivity. Now, our, I want to, my goal of this class today is to give you two practical ways of connecting with Hashem in a, on, on a stronger level, in a way that feels more tangible and real to you, and in a way that brings this consistency, vulnerability, and positivity into the relationship. And hopefully we'll be able to really start working on these things today. We only have a, a week till Rosh Hashanah. So even if we start working on one of these pieces that we're going to be learning today, you'll be in, you know, you'll really be fulfilling the purpose of this time of the year. Okay, so here's my question, though. I just want to, you know, finish up my introduction with this important idea that I think a lot of times we shelve, we don't think about. This positivity, right? We know that consistency and vulnerability, that makes sense to us, right? We need to tell Hashem what we need, what we're lacking, and be vulnerable with Him. We need to be consistent and continuously connect. We get that, right? We may not know you know, enough ways of doing that, which we're going to talk about today, but we get that. But what about the positivity, right? This is a time of year that we know is about Amos Hadin, right? We were supposed to come into the, to the Yom Noram with a certain type of fear, with a certain, you know, with making sure that we do a Cheshman Nefesh, focusing on our actions. What's with the positivity? Why are we bringing this in here in this class? So I want to look at the words, Ani Dodi Vidodi Li. Those are the words that, the you know, the word Elul is an acronym for those words, and we know that a name of something describes the essence, really gives over to us the essence of what that thing is all about. So what is it? What is Elul all about? Let's look at these words. Anila dodi vidodi li, I am to my beloved, and my beloved is to me. Now the interesting thing that I, the beautiful idea that I heard is that dod, what's a dod? A dod, lidodi, what's a dod? A dod is an uncle. Why is Hashem describing Himself as our uncle during this time of year specifically? Such an interesting thing to be bringing in here. So what is a relationship with an uncle like? Let's look at this for a minute, okay? A parent is there to scrutinize the behavior of the children, to correct them, to give consequences, to mold and shape the child in a certain direction, hopefully in a positive way, right? But still, it's it includes a lot of correction, a lot of criticism is inherent in the relationship. But what about an uncle? If an uncle, if the, if the mother's trying to put the kids to bed, right, 
And she's, you know, the kid asks the mother, can I have a lollipop? The mother's going to say, no way, it's time for bed. You'll get a lolly tomorrow. Right? We'll have one for breakfast, just go to bed. Um, right? She'll say, it's time to brush your teeth. We're not having lollies now. But what would happen if at that very moment, it's, it's 10 o'clock at night, 9 o'clock at night, the uncle rings the doorbell. This child's uncle rings the doorbell and comes inside and pulls a delicious lollipop out of his pocket. What happens? So... You know, we, most of us, I would hope, would not deprive the uncle of that, of that, uh, of giving that lolly to that child. Why? Because it's the job of the uncle, it's the role of the uncle to be that sweet, nurturing presence in the child's life. That's really the job of the uncle. And so Hashem is telling us in this month that the avoda of this month is to connect with, with Hashem in a way that he almost feels like our uncle. That in a way that it, we were connecting with the pleasurable, nurturing, sweet, yummy part of our relationship. That we're building up a relationship that's full of enjoyment, that feels good for us. And why is this so important to do during this time of year? Why are we, why is Hashem called our uncle? Why is it so important to build a pleasurable connection full of this positivity that we're speaking about here? And that's because I think we all know and we all could relate to the fact that when there's someone in our life that we feel connected to in a positive way that we like being around, those are the people that we are willing to stop everything that we're doing and run to go help them smack in the middle of the day. Those are the people that we want to sacrifice for, that it comes easy for us to do nice things for for them. And so... When we build up, we have the whole month of Elul to really infuse the month with the sweet connection with Hashem, with the pleasurable, pleasant connection. Like David HaMelech says, Lachsos benoam Hashem. He wants to live with Hashem, but he also wants to see the noam, the pleasantness in the relationship with Hashem. And when we spend our month doing this, then it becomes much easier. Everything else, all the other things that we're doing in our Avodas Hashem become a natural result of, it's like a natural outpouring of the love that we have for him. So today I am really excited to be sharing with you two crucial actions to incorporate into our life today, starting today and for always, that will help us bring more consistency, vulnerability, and positivity into our relationship with Hashem so that our avodas Hashem and our tshuva can become easier, can become effortless, can become just a natural outpouring of the feelings that we have for him, okay? So, again, if you start even practicing one of the things that we're going to learn this week, you could know that you are really doing what you're meant to be doing now. Okay, let's look at the first Pasuk. Perek Peidalid Pasuk Aleph. Lamnatzeach al hagites levnei Korach. Okay, so, Bnei Korach. This Perek is written by the sons of Korach. Now, we've asked this question in the past. Why are the sons of Korach who rebelled, they ended up repenting, and they did not end up falling into the depths of the earth with Korach Vadaso, but they rebelled to begin with, and they grew up in the house of Korach, who was a rebel, and a Russia. So why are they being given the opportunity here, and so many other times, the, a few a few Prakim of Tehillim that they composed, why are they given that privilege of instructing and teaching Klal Yisrael for all time? here in Sefer Tehillim. And I think this is a really important lesson for this, especially for this time of year, where we could, you know, we could fall into the pitfall of thinking that 
I'm meant to feel awful about my mistakes. Of course, we have charata, we have regret. But we can really allow our past mistakes, our past averos, to make us feel less than, to take us to a lower place in our level of self-esteem, and to, to crush us. And to, we, we could end up wallowing in it. And the message, I think, here is so, so powerful. The Bnei Korach did shuva. And because they did shuva, they were saved in a miraculous way at the last moment. And so we have to know that our past mistakes don't make us less than. If we grow from those mistakes, if we learn from them, then they actually make us greater than. We say, In the place that about a person who does tshuva stands, uh, a, per, a person who's a complete tzaddik, who never did any averos, could never stand in his place. So we have to know that our mistakes that we've made in the past, and in, in any area of our life, any embarrassments that you've had, any slip-ups socially, whatever it was, if you grew from it, if you learned from it and grew from it, then you are in a better place because of it. So, yes, we take an accounting of our actions, but we don't wallow in them and we don't use them to feel low. We have to use them to grow and to be proud of who we are. Okay. Pasuk Gimel says, Okay, so here we start to express, like we said, this whole parak is about our longing to be in the Beis HaMikdash, in the Chatzar of Hashem, in the courtyard. We want to be with Hashem. And my hope is today in giving you the ideas that I'm going to give you uh, of connecting with Hashem, even when we don't have a Beis HaMikdash, that that should be the schus that we need to bring to rebuild the base of Mikdash and bring us to an even more tangible connection with him. Okay, Pasuk Dalit. Gam Tzipar So let's talk about this. Even a bird finds a home. So what are we saying here? So the Ibn Ezra explains that we're trying to tell Hashem, Hashem, we need a home. We need to be with you. Even a little, even the tiniest of creatures, even the little birdie has a home, has a nest to go back to. And we need that too. Now the question is, it's interesting, why are we being compared to a tzipar. What's the connection to a bird here? And the Ramban explains that the term tzipar is connected to the word safra, which means morning. What happens in the morning? The birds chirp very, very loudly. Sometimes you barely hear them for the rest of the day, but in the morning there's a whole beautiful chorus of chirping. Now why is that? It's because in the morning the birds have so much energy, they wake up with so much vigor, they need to put it somewhere. And we too, as humans, right, we know that our most productive, energized, joy- joyful time of the day is in the morning. That's when we have the most potential, the most ability to accomplish in ways that we never thought imaginable. Okay, Pasakhe says, Asher Yoshve Vesecha Happy are those who dwell in your house. They forever praise you. Okay, so we know this pasuk very well, and I think we're gonna we're about to get to a deeper understanding of it in a way that will hopefully be able to really affect our lives for the better. Um, these two, this pasuk and the next pasuk, are both starting with the word Ashrei, happy is the man, and here in these two psukim, we're this is where we're going to derive the secrets that we need to really start building a stronger, more pleasurable connection with Hashem and to use the consistency and the vulnerability and the positivity in our connection, okay, to make the most of it. So let's talk about Yoshve Visecha. Happy are the ones who sit in your house. 
The Radak explains who are the Yoshvevi Secha, who are the ones who are sitting in Hashem's house. He says it refers to the devout, this refers to the devout man who would meditate in the Beis Hamikdash in solitude. He, he wasn't one of the men who were running out the minute davening was over. As he's mumbling Aleinu, he's running out to go check his phone. He would sit and he would just meditate and get quiet and stay in the Beis HaMikdash in solitude. Now what does this have to do with us? So as we know, we just mentioned that we're compared to birds. And my take on it is that it's meant to, you know, in talking about how we could build a closer connection to Hashem, this parak is pointing to the morning. And so my suggestion is, and something that I do in my life that makes a very big difference, is to take a few minutes in the morning when you wake up, instead of running to go distract yourself with your phone or with your kids or with your whatever is going on, take a few minutes and devote some time to meditating. Now, meditating doesn't have to mean that I'm spending a half an hour thinking about nothing and placing my thoughts gently on lily pads and watching them float by. That doesn't have to be what meditation is about. When I say meditate, I mean that basically we're taking advantage of the gift that is placed in our lap at that very moment when you open up your eyes and your neshama is being given back to you. You're given a special gift of renewed physical energy, mental sharpness, emotional strength. You're given so much right then and there. There's clarity that comes. There's inner guidance that's wanting to speak to you. So my suggestion is to get quiet. Okay, to get quiet and just take a few minutes to listen. To listen, hear the whisperings of your neshama, hear your intuition Listen to what it wants to tell you or communicate with you. Maybe it has insight or clarity that it wants to deliver to you for the coming day, for an issue that's going on in your life. Maybe it wants you to take some time and build up your amuna and start to visualize some positive things that are going to happen to you that day. Maybe you're meant to, you know, stop and feel, what do I need? I'm going through something difficult. What do I need to do to help myself right now? Uh, maybe I need to send some love to different parts of my body that are physically hurting me as a result of whatever emotional pain I'm going through. Maybe I want to repeat some, I'm feeling like I need to repeat some affirmations, some amuna sentences that will help me have a good day, get through the day well. Maybe I want to thank Hashem or stop to think about some gratitude that I have that I don't pay attention to, right? Just Getting up even a little bit earlier and getting quiet, a little earlier than everybody else in the house before people wake up, and getting quiet and staying in bed with your eyes closed and just letting yourself be. It's such a difference from what we're always doing. We're always running. We're always trying to distract ourselves. And when we talk about Yoshve Beisecha, and when the Radak explained this, con- I saw the Radak explain this concept of getting quiet and meditating and how he calls these people devout and and righteous. I think that this is a big piece in our consistency. Also, it could be with vulnerability and positivity, hopefully are involved here too, but especially it helps with the consistency because the day gets started and maybe I have time to dive in and maybe I don't and maybe I have time to do things that connect me or maybe I don't. But in that morning few minutes, I could steal a couple of minutes and just get quiet and stop the madness of all the noise and the distractions around me and just listen and hear 
and connect. Okay, so the Rashbam explains that, I'm going to praise Hashem forever on these words. He explains that it's a great privilege to sit, to live in the house of Hashem. But it's even greater to be able to go out and praise Hashem's name to the masses. And this is what he, what it means when it says, Oh, I'm going to go and continue to praise Hashem forever. And I think that it's so true that it's so, it's so appropriate that these two pieces come together in the same pasuk. Because when I could be a Yoshev Beisecha, when I sit quietly with Hashem, and I'm just quiet, and I listen, and I use that time in the morning to really be deliberate and mindful. When I do this in my own life, those are the days that I have better days, that I'm looking out for the Yad Hashem in my life, that I see more Hashkacha Pratis, that things go smoother for me. And those are the days that I come home and I'm overflowing and I want to share with my family about all the Hashkacha Pratis that happened to me that day. So it really is true. Odi Halu getting quiet with Hashem, making space to stop the madness and stop the running and just listening and getting quiet really does put Hashem's name on our tongue and make us want to talk about Him and praise Him in public. Now, just just a word to the wise, a little parenting tip here. When you're talking to teenagers about Hashkacha Pratis, you don't want to say Hashkacha Pratis. You want to say something like um, HP. Because teenagers, their whole lingo, you know, the way they, their language is in abbreviations. So make sure you use the right terminology. <laughs> kidding? And I'm not kidding. Um, okay. So take a few minutes to get quiet each day. That helps us, especially with the consistency piece um, in our connection with Hashem. Okay, Pasuk Vav says, Ashrei Adam oz lobach. Happy is the man who finds his refuge, who finds his strength in you, in Hashem. So here's going to be, this is the second idea that I want to share with you, is going to be, you know, part of part of this Pasuk. And here... Vulnerability is the main focus, right? We have the connection, the vulnerability, and the positivity embedded in all of these, both of these two ideas. But here, we're going to really, the focus is going to be on the vulnerability. Because we often get stuck in life. And we, you know, so many things could happen to make us feel stuck at any given moment. Somebody's not coming through for us. We're experiencing a painful emotion. Uh, we can't find, we can't, there's something that we're needing that we don't have right now and we don't know how to get it. We have a hard time working through an issue. There's so many different things that could come up in any given day. And so I want to give you a way of doing exactly what this Pasuk says. Oz Lobach, putting your strength in Him. How do we put our strength in Hashem? How do we put our strength in Hashem in a way that will strengthen our bond with Him? So here's what I want to share with you. Okay, so to get out of these painful, stuck places, we need to be able to remind ourselves that Hashem wants to give us what we want and what we need, and that He doesn't need anybody's help to bring it to us. He doesn't need anything from anyone to be able to bring us what we want. Like we say in Tehillim, Harbei Imo Fidus, that famous line. Harbei Imo Fidus means, the Mepharshim explained, that He has many ways of redeeming us. So when we think that there's no way out of a situation... Oh no, I can't find something that I, I'm needing and I don't know where to get it. Or I'm stuck in this relationship. How do I get out of it? How do I fix it? What do I do? I tried everything. 
When we, when we're feeling that way, that we have to remember that Harbei Mofidos, Hashem has many ways of redeeming us. Hashem has many shluchim, Harbei shluchim lamakom, has many messengers and many ways. And so we want to really connect with this idea in those moments where we're feeling stuck. So here's my three step process. Uh, don't get overwhelmed. There are three simple steps. You could really, you could combine all of them into one when you start getting used to doing them. Okay, so step one. The first thing you want to do is use negative emotions as a trigger, as a reminder, as an alarm bell to stop. 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 You're feeling those, all those negative emotions because you're feeling like you need to take care of this problem. Like it's all on your lap and you need to be the one to fix it. You need to be the one to control it. So use those negative emotions as a reminder to stop and to pivot. Okay. And what are you pivoting to? So that's step two. Step two, you're going to ask Hashem for what you do want. When we're in a situation that we don't like, our brain is on repeat thinking about what's not good. It's not good and it's not good and I don't like it. And this is what I don't like about it over and over and over again. So step two here is going to be that once you stop, you're going to pivot to asking Hashem for what you want. And you're going to ask him in a way of asking for what you do want. So I recently had something like this where in, there was an area in my life where there were so many different issues cropping up. And I felt like I needed to address each one, and it was getting me very overwhelmed. It was almost like a, a whack-a-mole, you know, when you're in the arcade, and one one hippo pops up, and you knock it down, and then another one pops up, and you knock it down. You ever feel that way? So I was having that type of feeling. And so I turned to Hashem, and I just stopped at one point. After, don't worry, it wasn't right away. First I was stressing about it and worrying about it. At one point I turned to Hashem, and I said, please take care of all of these things for me. Help me that I don't need a million ways to take care of each one of these things separately and let it be that one thing comes into my life to take care of everything. And the very next day, uh, somebody came to my door and took upon this whole project, all these pieces, literally came to my door and took it all away from me and took care of it. And I'm still enjoying the rewards of that today and I can't get specific because I don't have time. But... I'm not going to get into the details, but this is really something that recently just happened to me. So, and it happens all the time. When you're looking for it, it happens all the time. So ask for what you do want. So I asked in that moment, please, Hashem, just bring somebody to take care of all these things for me at once. And that's exactly what happened. And step three, the most fun part here, which is really what the positivity is all about, which really builds the positivity in our relationship with Hashem, is to... You know, once you ask for it and you let go of it, that was step two. Let go, right? And don't just ask. Also let go. Like emotionally, let go. Put it down. Trust. Go into trust mode. And then step three is watch in amazement as whatever you're needing unfolds for you in the most amazing way, in the best way for you. And thank Hashem. Let your heart fill up with gratitude for having him help you. Now, the bigger life things, you know, having a baby, finding a shidduch, a career, like the things that are more like major in our life could often take longer, uh, you know, from when we ask for them, for them to come in. Sometimes yes, sometimes no, but could take longer to come into our life. But it's the small things. Let's practice this on the small things. Um, the day-to-day things that we want in our life, let's practice this three-step process with it because when we build our you know because those things very often Hashem could bring us right away it doesn't require so many different things to be in place in our life in the world whatever it is so practice it on the small things so that you could see it coming into your life and you could see how Hashem is right next to you and you could build that sweet delicious relationship with him so that when there's something bigger that you want to come into your life you'll be able to trust that that too is on the way because the smaller things 
um, are, are coming to you with such ease. And when you do this three-step process, you will see miracles. You will have those you-can't-make-this-stuff-up kind of moments all the time. Okay, so this idea really highlights the essence of how we create a relationship with Hashem that is gratifying and enjoyable. Um, it really, when we talk about connecting with Hashem, the essence of it, the essence of this consistency, vulnerability, and positivity is, what is it? It's the asking and the thinking. And I want to give you a beautiful story, a quick story on this piece. My aunt tells over this story very, very often that she, as a little, as a younger child, I don't know how old she was, she was with my grandmother, Allah Shalom, who I speak about very often, a special tzaddikas. She was with my grandmother when my grandmother went to visit the Bab of a Rebetzin. And what happened, uh, the story goes that my grandmother told the Bab of Rebetzin she wanted to share with her something about her beloved father. So my grandmother said to the Rebetzin, my father used to say, and she said this in Yiddish, but I'm not going to make a fool out of myself, she said, my father used to say that we have to ask Hashem for what we need, and we also have to thank Him. And she said, and the words were Beitin, we have to ask, Beitin and Duncan, we have to thank. And the Baba Rebetzin took my grandmother's two hands and hers, and she rocked back and forth, and she was picking up her hands and putting them down, and picking up her hands and putting them down, and she was rhythmically swaying back and forth and saying, Baitin and Duncan, and her eyes lit up, and she was saying, Baitin and Duncan, and Baitin and Duncan, and Baitin and Duncan. And my aunt remembers how this Rebetzin was repeating those words with such passion over and over over again in this rhythmic motion, and I think that really illustrates our the, the the basis, the foundation of our connection with Hashem has to really be this idea, Beitin and Duncan. This is where it comes from. This is where it gets strong from. Asking and thanking and asking and thanking and asking and thanking. And this is the tool that I'm giving you here where we're talking about Ashrei Adam Ozlobach. Happy is the man who doesn't have everything on his plate and have to feel like it's all in his, you know, in his control. And he gives it over to Hashem and he asks and he thanks and he watches in awe. When we talk about Yerushamayim, Yerushamayim can mean fear, but Yerushamayim could also mean awe. You know, awe in a positive sense. That when we live our life in awe of Hashem's miracles that He's bringing to us, when we make space for Him to come in and help us, and when we ask Him, and when we do the Beitin and Duncan, then we live in real, true Yerushamayim, where we're just in a state of awe at the miracles that Hashem brings us. Okay, so now, a very nice part of this Pasuk is that it says, Mesilos Bilvavam, there will be highways in your heart. What's it saying here? Mesilos are highways. So what is it saying? It's saying that if you give over everything to Hashem, your heart will open up. There'll be highways in your heart. So what does this mean? It means that when you turn to Hashem and you give it, things over to Him, then suddenly you find yourself getting out of the traffic jam you you know you're not sitting at the red light anymore with a cramp in your leg, seeing cars honking everywhere, stuck looking desperately for something to listen to while you're on this long drawn out drive. When you get on that highway, hopefully, right? That's what it's meant for, at least. It's meant to catapult you, you catapult you into like a new reality of like an open, clear, expansive route where you could just drive. And there's no limit to where you can go and what you can accomplish. And that's what happens when we give things over to Hashem. Our hearts are, are, our hearts start to feel open and free to do anything that we want. There's all of a sudden this open road ahead of us. We're not stuck anymore. Okay. Yelchu mechayel al 
those who are living with Hashem and giving things over, like we said, they will go from strength to strength. They're, they're, they're going to experience endless successes in their life. They're not going to be stuck. They're not going to be limited. Now, the second to last Pasuk tells us, Ki shemesh Hashem elokim. We're comparing Hashem to a shemesh, to a son. Hashem is our son and our protector. I, I don't remember ever seeing this comparison in Tehillim, and I think it's so beautiful, because I think we could all relate to the sun as a warm, protective source. When you go to the beach on a chilly day, and you're desperately looking for the sun, like, where is it, right? So, so too, in hard times, we're meant to gravitate towards finding Hashem in our life. We're supposed to be looking for Him. Where is He? And we're supposed to be seeing Him as a source of protection, comfort, love, and warmth. And this is very much in accordance with the theme of this parak. And, and this idea of taking pleasure and positivity in our relationship with Hashem. So in conclusion, we highlighted these two ashrays here. Ashray Yoshve Vesecha. Use those productive minutes in the morning to sit with Hashem and make space for guidance from Him, for a connection from Him, ask Him for what we need, uh, hear what He's trying to tell us, hear our intuition, use those precious moments in the morning to connect. And then we said, Asher Adam Oslo Bach. We said that we have to give over when we feel that tightness and our anxiety. We want to use that as a trigger, as a, an alarm clock to pivot away from that control and that anxiousness and to give over and ask for what we do need and then watch an amazement as it come, as it comes into our life. And how that, we spoke about how that's really the foundation of our connection. It's the Beitin and Duncan asking and thinking and asking and thinking. To sponsor a future Tehillim class, to make one of these classes happen, or to bring me in to your community for a live speaking engagement or for a coaching session, feel free to email me at yalbertram at gmail.com or to visit my website yalbertram.com and you could contact me through there. Have a ksiva v'chasim Tova. Thank you for listening.